competing at a combined weight of 405 pounds. They are the reigning, defending, undisputed racing dudes, triple crown champions of the world, the magic. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 462. Mr. Savage. Golden Gate, huzzah! It's a gold rush. It's a gold rush. How often do we say that, man? What, once a year? Is that right? Somewhere in there? I I don't think we go to Golden Gate very often. I think it's just gold rush day, usually. This is the one time of year we go. It is the biggest day of the year for Golden Gate Fields. The turf course is back open for them, so they're excited about it. Uh, they have six stakes, I believe, five or six stakes on the yeah six stakes on the card. Uh, races six through eleven. We're covering the late pick five, which is races eight through twelve. Uh, this pick five pool, if you didn't know, has got a guaranteed pool of one hundred fifty thousand dollars. Which, if you're used to playing Keeneland, uh, Gulfstream, Sandy, you know that's a little. It might seem a little small for Golden Gate. This is a big deal. Uh, they also have a two hundred thousand dollar pick four pool that's guaranteed. But Mike, there's also the Gold Rush Tournament, and that was a big reason we wanted to do this as well, because uh, you, Dr. Tane, Nick Sievers, several Magic Mike Army members are going to be uh, entering that and trying to win some big bucks. Yeah, I love how uh, how they went full Naira on us, too, and ended this sucker with an $8,000 maiden claimer. <laughs> just, just out of nowhere. We got six stakes. We got a guaranteed pick five. Let's end it with a maiden claimer. Hey, why not? Lowest level we yeah. can go at Golden Gate. You got to talk to Matt Dinnerman. The, uh, I don't know if he's actually in charge in the race. He does have, wears several hats at Golden Gate Fields including being uh, what I think, I think he's a, a top five, if not top three announcer uh, in the country. So uh, love Matt Dinnerman, love his calls. He's always fantastic and a great handicapper as well. If you are going to be playing Golden Gate Fields uh, Saturday, if you have time, um, check out the pre-race show, but the simulcast show. Matt does a great job going through race by race, talking about who he likes and why he likes them. So if you're interested in that, make sure you check that out. Uh, Mike, I know if you're watching live, thank you, everybody. Uh, all nine of you who are watching us live right now. Uh, most of you are probably catching this on repeat or on podcast because John White is over on Blinkers Off right now with his annual Kentucky Derby show. And honestly, that's that, that's great. I was watching it literally up until the time we had to come out and do this live, and I'll go back and catch the rest of it later. Uh, fantastic information there. I got to admit, didn't watch a minute of it. Today is one of my favorite days of the year because we are T-minus – Four hours from the start of the NFL draft, three hours from the start of the NFL draft. And oh. this year, yeah, yeah. And this year is, there is not an adjective that can properly describe how out of control this the first round of the draft is. There have been four different players that have now been favored to go second overall. Tyree Wilson, who was the, one of the favorites to go second overall a couple days ago, is now probably not going to be drafted in the top 10. Lamar Jackson just got a five-year deal and is the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Uh, apparently, Delvin Cook is on his way to Miami, although that hasn't been completed yet. The Cardinals are trading out of three. We have no idea to who or who they'll take at that spot. Uh, this is just absolutely wild right now i will say we talked about this before on the show uh our boy michael meyer or michael mayer i'm sorry michael meyer is the show watcher michael mayer is the tight end out of Notre dame now up to minus 225 to be the first tight end drafted and the latest mock drafts have kincaid falling out of the first round just like we mentioned that was a best bet for us uh hopefully you got in there when it was minus 125 minus 150 because now that is no longer available and he is uh i have a feeling he's gonna go first now 
I had no idea that the NFL draft started tonight. Thanks for letting me. This is for me. This is all I've been thinking about night and day right now is the Derby. Uh, new things happening every day. Unfortunately, today we had news broke that Wild on Ice got hurt uh, in uh, right at the end of his workout, and then unfortunately didn't survive. Um, so very unfortunate, not only to lose a horse, but also the small time connections. He was a Texas bred uh, homebred that was in the race. Uh, you could have had uh, Joel Mar and Ken Towhill, who his first greatest stakes win ever was the Sunland Derby that got the horse here. It was going to be in his first Kentucky Derby. So he misses that chance. So very sad all around. Uh, but I will say, uh, as far as the, the draft goes, I'm looking right now. I don't know who Anthony Richardson is, but that seems to be who the Detroit Lions are targeting. Is that a good pick? Uh, the Detroit Lions? No, they're not going to get Anthony Richardson. That's not happening. He's going, he's going top four. We, we might have the first time in NFL history it goes quarterback, 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 quarterback. And three of these four quarterbacks, actually all four of these quarterbacks, have wild question marks around them. Uh, there's probably going to be five quarterbacks drafted in the first round, assuming Head and Hooker does. I would set the over-under for busts at three and a half of those five guys. I mean, this is just, it's, it's wild how everyone wants this franchise quarterback. You have multiple GMs trying to save their jobs in the top four, specifically Houston and the Lions. So I would expect both of them to end up with a rookie quarter, or I'm sorry, Houston and um, uh, the Colts uh, at four. So both of them are most likely going to end up with a quarterback here and reach for that quarterback. Uh, it's interesting since I think in 2013, there've been five quarterbacks drafted at two. The only one that's inarguably not a bust, all the four others are a bust would be Carson Wentz. And I think you could probably argue Carson Wentz was a bust after that knee injury as well. Not exactly what you expect out of a franchise quarterback for Philly there, although they did win a Super Bowl. So pretty wild. Uh, what has happened when you go after a quarterback and reach it too. And, um, Someone's going to do that again this year. We'll see if it's actually the Texans or someone trades up for that spot. But I, the, the new news now, which is crazy, is that C.J. Stroud is going to go number two overall. And then that Tennessee is going to trade up to three. Four will be the Colts. Those will be four quarterbacks off the board. And if so, Willie Anderson sitting as the pick number five at seven to one, I think is absolutely wild. So uh, the Seahawks would love to run to the board and take him. I think you guys end up with Jalen Carter or Witherspoon, the quarterback out of Illinois. And either I think would be a good pick for you. Or Devon Richardson. Maybe we'll go cornerback, go defensive back there as well. Uh, I I forgot the uh, St. Louis Rams, the St. Louis Rams, Jesus, what year is it? The LA Rams, uh, as part of the trade that got sent Matt Stafford over uh, to LA and uh, the Lions got Jared Goff. We also got the first round draft pick this year, which worked out pretty well for the Detroit Lions because they're now picking sixth overall with the Rams pick a year after that and change after the Rams won the Super Bowl. Uh, so a lot of people that I remember when the trade happened, they're like, well, that's a yes, a first round pick. It's going to be a late first round pick. No, we're picking six overall with that one. So uh, we'll tune into that. But we've got Golden Gate Fields, late pick five, Saturday, uh, April 29th. Let's get into it, buddy. Right is up. Mike, here we go. The first leg of the late pick five of Golden Gate Fields on Saturday, April 29th. Race eight on the screen. This is the Lost in the Fog Stakes. Eight older males sprinting, six furlongs on the synthetic. Where'd you go on top? I went with the seven crazy dreams. Four to one on top here. Uh, this is a horse where you only you don't have a ton of sprinting effort. It's been going long, going two turns for quite a while. We go all the way back to the first effort for this horse. Sprinted over the synthetic. Showed speed that day. Was able to stay close to the pace. Ends up running second. And has really improved since then as a horse. Uh, now you're seeing consistently high 80s buyers for crazy dreams. 
And it's the spot where there's some speed in here that I think may be slightly faster than Crazy Dreams, but not like anyone that's going to absolutely run away from him early. And the ability to to do what he has been able to do at two turns and specifically, I mean, even that last race at a mile and an eight, still able to keep it going pretty good. I think he's able to sit close to this pace, take the lead toward the top of the stretch and draw off. So I'll start with a little bit of a price here. Give me the seven horse four to one crazy dreams. I went too deep to start things off, and that was the second horse I used, but it was kind of close for the top two here. I agree with everything that you said. Uh, three of the four career wins coming over the local and synthetic, and you know, uh, going the, over the course and distance versus straight maidens, not maiden claimers, was second by a neck in that debut. So good efforts here for the seven. Uh, I think I, it's an angle that you taught me, speed horse cutting back, and also drawn outside the other speed horses. You could see the two go. Uh, you could also see the six go as well and be part of that. Uh, my top pick, I went with the number three, Lovesick Blues for Steve Miyadi. Umberto Rispoli is in town to ride at Golden Gate Fields. Uh, I mentioned there's a lot of speed in here. Could potentially, I liked that this horse last time out going six and a half furlongs over Sanita Dirt. One by a half length. If you go back and watch the replay, stumbled pretty badly to start and really kind of had to get pushed to get into the race and still was able to get the job done. Two back finished second in the Sanita Turf Mile to a horse named Lamplighter Jack, who we're going to talk about later in the card on the feature race of San Francisco Mile. Two previous tries on synthetic, both times at Golden Gate, second in a maiden claimer as a two-year-old, and then won a six furlong claiming race by five and a quarter lengths in the other effort there. So I love Lovesick Blues. I love the seven crazy dreams. I just went too deep here. Yeah, I got Lovesick Blues as my other must-use horse, my second pick here in this spot. You mentioned all the reasons, right? The two wins, uh, the, the one win over synthetic, another second there. Hasn't been in for a tag since that race that was in for 20,000 here um, at Golden Gate and has continually improved as well. I mean, if, if we can run back to to the numbers from both a time form or buyer perspective in that last race at Sanita, albeit over dirt, I, Lovesick Blues could be really, really tough here, especially from coming just off the pace. I like the fact that the horse, this is, I don't want to say I'm happy he didn't break well, but it shows you the ability to close and come from off it, which is the trip that you're going to expect here from Lovesick Blues. So I, I like the three as well. I think that's a good pick. I use the two Top Harbor as well. Um, I, I respect the two horse here. It's a horse where I'm going to single later, and so it gives me a little bit of ability to spread out a little bit more in some of these races. But if you look at what this horse has been able to do over this synthetic course, seven races, four wins, two seconds, a third, seven times tries at this distance, three wins, two seconds, just a consistent hard trier here. It's a five-year-old for Tim McKenna. Uh, you get Alvarado up. This is one of those horses just seems to get set up for it as well. We talked about how you do think there's going to be a little bit of an early pace. Well, Top Harbor is going to sit on the rail right behind that and have a first run at these horses if he wants to. So I'm going to go two, three, seven to try and get out of this leg, although I, I do like the seven the most. Uh, I went against the two partially because the speed. I think this horse is going to take a ton of speed. Does have uh, stakes wins over the course already. Um, and I mentioned there's three speed horses. He's on the rail. And if I've got questions about that, uh, you know, if he's going to be three wide and there's going to be it burying him on the rail. Sure, it's the shortest distance, but there's also two horses kind of bearing down on you the entire time. So uh, didn't use the two passed on him here, but also had to try and take a stand because, you know, this I was using the three and the seven. You have a single, so it makes sense that you went with the three shorter prices here. It still kind of works out ticket structure wise. Um, I just couldn't go with that. Before we move on, uh, Dr. Tang will be part of the Gold Rush Tournament uh, this weekend. Uh, says, let's get a closure with the number four, Unraptured. I, I, I think this horse has got a good chance to hit the board, Mike, but I don't love the fact that you've got to go a ways back to try and find a win, and, and it was going a mile, and the horse wasn't really a speed horse. It, good efforts in, you know, on the synthetic sprinting the last two, last three, really, but I just couldn't pull the trigger. 
Yeah, I mean, I, uncaptured is a horse that's going to come from off it. To me, the third off the layoff, third out as a four-year-old, logical improvement angles, if you want to assume that the horse is going to be able to improve. Uh, lost by two-plus lengths last time out to the two-horse top harbor. That was one of the main reasons I didn't use here because I think you're going to need to take a pretty good step forward, although logically I could see why you're going to do it. I'm actually going to end up going 40 here. I'm going to add the five-horse as well, my summer dream. Um, this horse won for two over the track, but to me, if you go back to that race, two back face bears in the bold, and uh, Maven over there at the turf course at Santa Anita. You just kind of draw a line through that effort. There's a lot of other efforts that fit here for this horse. Uh, obviously, that Los Al effort would get the job done. Had uh, Hernandez up that day. Then came back here. Didn't run great in the 62 optional claimer, but ran well this last time out. I'm sorry, didn't run well in February in the 62 optional claimer. Ran well in April. This is another one where I think kind of sits the setup. I'm not looking for a deep closer, but I am looking for a horse and kind of come from middle pack. And to me, my summer dream is the one that fits that bill. And, and, you know, if there is a pace collapse with the 267 all gun each other, I think this is the one that sits right behind. Uh, if it's 6 to 1, good price. I wouldn't want to talk anybody off of this horse as well. Uh, but we definitely agree on the 3 and 7 for both of our top picks here. Uh, let's move on. Mike's second leg of the late pick 5 at Golden Gate Fields. Uh, we've got a field of 10 uh, older fillies and mares going a mile and the 16th. Two turns on that beautiful turf course in the Golden Poppy Stakes. Where'd you go on top? I thought this race was pretty interesting, actually. I'm going to end up with a two-horse Nadette on top. This is one that we've talked about a couple times on this show just because of the graded <laughs> stakes that it's run over at Santa Anita. Now going north to take on a field up at Golden Gate. I would like someone a little more forwardly placed because, in general, you want to be a little more forwardly placed on this turf course. But there is enough speed side down here that I think that the Nadette will have something to run into in this spot. Um, and I'm going to address that forwardly placed thing with my second horse. You look at what the mm -hmm. race of this horse has come out of. Closing remarks, Quattrell, two horses that have been phenomenal there at Santa Anita, specifically going a mile. I also liked that Buena Vista two back. I realized we ended up running fifth, but did make the lead toward the top of the stretch. And it was a really, really tough field. So I'll give Nadette another shot here, put her on top here at four to three to one. So you and I have, I just checked, we have full agreement on three horses, a different order to them. I didn't have the two on top, but we definitely agree on the top three horses here. My top pick, and the one you were alluding to about the speed, number four buyback at eight to one. This is going to be my top pick. Looks like lone speed on paper, stretching out from a five and a half uh, furlong synthetic sprint here on April 2nd. That was her first start at 231 days. That to me was exactly just a prep race for this to get the rust knocked off, to get her used to running. And now she shows up here. Last year was second by a nose in this race. And if you watch the replay, she had to duel the entire way around the course, came off the turn, dispatched of the horse that was dueling with her and just got caught late at the wire by a nose horse that she was dueling with was a length and a half behind her in third and you know right after that went to pleasanton the northern california fair circuit got second by a nose in the dirt stakes and you get evan roman who is the top jockey in the circuit 25 percent win rate 61 percent in the money i love buyback in this spot yeah, Blaine Wright, really sharp trainer up there at Golden Gate as well. This is a seven-year-old mare, so she definitely needed that race, and it did look like it was just a setup to get her back into this spot here. Uh, one for six over the Golden Gate turf with four seconds, and that, to me, is one of the, the bigger concerns was here. She's a little camera shy, 24 lifetime races, four wins, 11 places. That's a lot of placing <laughs> and not a lot of winning. So that is a, a slight concern there for me, but we'll see if I get back and get it done. I ended up putting this horse in third and I wanted the horse that I thought was going to make the lead. So I agree with you. I think buybacks up front and it's a, a little game of catch me if you can, and we'll see if they're able to. Uh, the third horse we both used, the other Neil Drysdale horse in here, Nadette. There's a 3-1 to one favorite on the morning line, but the six ever smartest, 12-1, to one, getting a lot of value on her. And you brought up the uh, fact that Nadette had lost to Quattroel her first two starts this year, um, both in graded stakes. Ever smart, 
her race two back, it was a nine furlong turf allowance. She missed by a half length to Quatruel. Since then, Quatruel, four starts, all graded stakes. Second, third, win, win. Super good horse to be losing to. You got to question the layoff. That is the big concern, but... Uh, she's got a lot of back class here at 12 to 1 that I think gives her a ton of value. And Billy the Kid, William Anton Georgie, is the picking up the mount. I always like playing Billy the Kid, uh, as, as uh, Matt Dinnerman calls him when he wins races, uh, playing Billy the Kid at Golden Gate Field. So I'm going to go uh, 4 6 2 in order there, but I know you like the 6 as well. Yeah, I do. And this is one of those spots where if, if New Drysdale puts both these horses in here, then I, I'm going to either play them both or not play either of them. If one of them scratches, then it, it makes you feel really good about the other, to be honest. The fact that Nadette's in here and you're still putting Eversmart in this spot uh, makes me interested in this horse. It, the races leave something to be desired at a mile. I think that's my biggest concern here. Best races have come at a mile and an eighth. Uh, but has some tactical speed, which, again, I think is important over this turf course. Should be sitting a little more forwardly placed than a lot of the other contenders in here. And I like when you get one of these local jocks on these type of days for horses that are shipping in because they know the course a little bit better. I, I think, as you said, Billy the Kid will place this horse more <laughs> forwardly today. And I think he'll get kind of first run here with Ever Smart on buyback. And if he can get by, then the question is, can we hold off some of these deeper closers? So I I'm going to go 246 here as well. Uh, and hopefully we get uh, get a nice little price here, both eight, playing 8-1 to one, 12 to 1 shots in the spot. Uh, a couple of quick horses brought in the chat. Uh, Nick likes buyback and Nadette. Also likes Rose Maddox, the real horse for Steve Miotti. Any, uh, any uh, interest there at all? Not for me. Um, I, I, I don't like it when a horse does too much and that kind of feels like what this horse has done i mean you've got six furlong turf sprints six furlong dirt races a mild turf races six and a half furlong on synthetic a mile and a 16th on the dirt I, since the layoff this horse has run four times six and a half furlong turf sprint mile on the synthetics mile and a 16th on the dirt and then a six and a half furlong turf sprint that got taken off and ran on the dirt it's just hard to be flipping surface to surface to surface those are horses i generally avoid if they're shorter price if there was a bigger number on rose maddox i'd be more interested I think that's the key. If there's a bigger number, I'd be a little more interested. Uh, the the two best efforts in that span that you talked about, the synthetic win and then that last out off turf dirt stakes, both against Calbreds. And, and now we're facing older company or uh, sorry, open company. That's where she seems to have struggled a little bit. Uh, but, you know, to the credit, uh, the trainer, Steve Miotti and then uh, Rivera, the jockey, 29% uh, winner, 67% in the money at Golden Gate overall together. So great connections there. But I'm with you, a little concerned about the price. And then, uh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, the, the horse I'm scared of that I didn't use was Australia Mia, the seven. Uh, Rispoli and McCarthy. Mm -hmm. McCarthy is the, an interesting one we're going to talk about a little bit in the next race as well. Has two horses in the, in the stakes there. Uh, this is a horse where in Chile you do have a win at the mile distance. In the U.S., we've gone a mile and a quarter and a mile and a half. So you got to be concerned about the cutback a little bit. But when McCarthy ships up here, he's 40% right now at this meet. So he's someone you got to respect. You're getting six to one. Face Duvet Day, two back. The last race, just draw a line through it, obviously. Um, so you got to kind of decide, Hey, how am I going to, how am I going to use these type of horses? But Australia Mia fits here at six to one as well. So if you want to go a little deeper, I, I don't hate the idea of using that horse. Although that distance is going to be the big question for me. Yeah. A multiple stakes winner actually won her first one, two, three, four, five, or one, five straight, I should say, uh, stakes races down in Chile. So a different animal at Santa Anita, but is getting a considerable class drop just coming up here. Uh, to Golden Gate Fields. Let's move on to the third leg of the late pick five at Golden Gate Fields on Saturday, April 29th, race 10, the California Derby. We've got nine three-year-old males going a mile and a 16th on the synthetic track. Where are you going on top, buddy? Ooh, uh, look, 
I watched a lot of replays on this race because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. At one point, I had the two Harston on top. At one point, I had the nine Prince Abu Dhabi on top. At one point, I was really interested in the seven Passarando as well. But Chase the Chaos is the best horse. I'm going to single the eight horse here. I was trying to get around this one in some way, shape, or form. But watching those replays, specifically on the two and the nine, really moved me away from playing either of them. If you go back and watch that last race, they were sucking wind coming down the stretch. I'm not sure the extra <laughs> distance is going to be a positive for either of them. Uh, the nine specifically, I like the draw all the way to the outside because this is a big horse with kind of laboring strides that if you get stopped is going to be a problem. But the fact that they just they both seem to struggle to get to the wire. And you go back and you read the comments specifically on the two last time, shifted out, willing. I'm not so sure that horse was willing toward the end. I mean, it was it, it was a struggle to get that one going. Probably was sent a little late that day when you watched the replay. The nine Prince Abu Dhabi definitely gets the jump, but neither of them exactly flew home. Um, it, they went 113 and then went 139 for that mile. It's just, it's not great. And then you go back and you watch what Chase the Chaos was able to do and the El Camino Real Derby there. And I, the pace sets up well here. You're going to have speed up front to Chase. I, I don't think this is going to be a, a huge issue for Chase the Chaos. So I'll, I'll chalk out here and go with the favorite, the eight horse as a single. Uh, I definitely should use the eight. Uh, it was on my ticket as well. Um, you know, coming out of the crate to San Philippe, the top three finishers. Practical move. Uh, top pick for the Derby for many people. Go Rocket Ride. Maybe he wins the San Anita Derby if he doesn't uh, have, miss it being sick. Skinner just made the field into the Derby. So two Derby horses and a third who almost was uh, were in that race. I'm not going to knock that horse, uh, Chase the Chaos, for not closing. Um, you know, won the El Camino Real Derby here going an extra half of a furlong. And that was a prep, or I'm sorry, it was a Kentucky Derby points race, but also a free berth into the Preakness Stakes. So, you know, there were horses. That's why Gilmore came up here for Bob Baffert. They were trying to see what this horse could possibly do. So uh, definitely did well there. Uh, I'll forgive the mile race last out. Maybe it was just a little too short. I think mile 16th will help him as well. Uh, I'm sorry, I was looking at a different horse. I'd already moved on to, uh, <laughs> to the other horse I was going to talk about. Uh, I love the number three. Oh, boy. Navu, Novu at 20 to 1. This is my top pick. And I, I'm pretty sure we're not going to get 20 to 1 because it's Jonathan Wong uh, at Golden Gate Field with a horse that I, I think is possibly lone speed on paper. From time form pace rating, it, it sets up that way that you got a couple horses exiting sprints. But it's Jonathan Wong, who's perennial leading trainer at Golden Gate Fields. Uh, the horse, if you, since he claimed it from uh, Blaine Wright, the first two races going a mile on the synthetic, the horse said, unbelievably quick fractions just was gone just go 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 couldn't hold on uh <laughs> in either of those races um and then we take the blinkers off and then we go down to Santa Anita on the dirt first time this horse has uh tried dirt in uh, almost you know six months it looks like uh seven months um the horse finally calmed down they took the blinkers off and it was like oh okay I can see I can look around uh things are going okay all right and then uh, what does he do he wins by nine and a half length so now we're going to come back up here off of a nine and a half length gate to wire win sure it was against claimers but this isn't like you know other than the horse that you're singling not a bunch of great horses in here um i really think that dropping the blinkers last out is what's going to do it and all five wins at this horse he's five for ten lifetime they've all been come gate to wire three of them were over this local synthetic course if you are playing in a tournament you're gonna, it's a little dicey because this horse is either going to win or be completely off the board. Though I will say, the one time the horse tried to go gate to wire and didn't do it, it was the second start for Jonathan Wong. Uh, I think the Jonathan Wong's got this horse figured out. Like that was the, actually the time that Jonathan Wong was like, okay, we, we improved the horse a little bit. Now let's take the blinkers off and see what happens. 20 to one though, pipe dream. <laughs> 
A little bit. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> you got to have some confidence in what Jonathan Wong's done with this horse, right? Claims it for 12.5, essentially. Jumps it up right into a 50 M1X. Doesn't love the effort. Drops it back down. Not able to get the job done at 20. Goes down to San Anita. Runs for 16. Wins easily. I do like your blinkers off angle a little bit. I mean, to me, if, that, if you're going to make an argument, your argument is Jonathan Wong claimed this horse for cheap. Thought it was good enough to put it in a 50 M1X. Figured out we need to take the blinkers off. That's when the horse really responds. Now, the counter to that is six horse pretty fast. And it's going to be hard <laughs> to go gate to wire easily in this spot. And I, I just, it feels like a pace duel between the six and the three. And you've got two McCarthy's in here, both the five and the six. Rispoli, who's the rider who rides for McCarthy more often on the five. The six, S. Espinoza, more of a push jockey, a send jockey, ends up there. To me, the three and the six are a problem for each other. If either wasn't in the race, I'd probably be interested in using the other one. But the fact that both of them are in the race, to me, makes it a lot harder to to really get behind the three or the six. It's interesting to me that the uh, that the three has had several different riders. Uh, the three starts that the three's had for Jonathan Wong, three different riders. You you know went down to Santa Anita. Okay, Ramon Vasquez is going to ride. He's a, but up here, you know, this will be uh, Brian Payne is going to be aboard. So the three starts at Golden Gate for Jonathan Wong, three different riders. So a little interesting. Maybe he was mad at Chavez and Radke, the previous two riders, for how they rode because we didn't get a win. Maybe things will change. Uh, I also use the number two Harson at four to one. I think this horse is going to be right there with a chance. It's just a matter of if he's good enough. And, and I think the reason I did use him is if the six does end up pushing the three and there's a pace collapse, to me, the two is the one that's going to be there to get the first jump on it. The horse, the two times routing, hasn't been able to get the job done, but and also wasn't on the lead. And so there are concerns there. But last time out, uh, Billy the Kid was aboard, pulled the horse back a little bit, let the horse get an education to see what could we do if we come from off the pace a little bit. And did make a good effort, you know, was third, uh, Prince Abu Dhabi, the nine horse that's in here, won that race by a nose. And then the two horse, Harson was uh, a length back in third. I think he's got a good chance here. It's just, a, the, the, I think it sets up for him to have a chance. It's just a matter of if the horse is good enough. But he is 24% uh, winning when riding for Steve Sherman. So I think that that's a good angle for him as well. Interesting that they add the blinkers too. So this will be first time blinkers here for Harson. Um, you would think they want to have some more forwardly placed ability in this race, and that's the reason for doing it. But then you got the three to the outside, you got the six. So you'd hope that the two doesn't get involved with those two because that's a recipe for disaster for all three. <laughs> I, I just didn't like that race last time. I was, I, like I said, I had different horses on top when I was trying to, to go through this until I started watching replays. And I, I wanted to try and beat the eight. I wanted to pick the two. I really did because favorite in that race. Now you're getting a better price of four to one. It was just not a good effort. I mean, there it was just it was a <laughs> yeah. almost perfect trip heading into the lane. Had every reason to go by and just kind of hung when it saw the tail of Prince Abu Dhabi. So to me, what's like sometimes you watch replays and you get excited about horses. Sometimes you watch replays and it almost talks you off horses because you're like, oh man, like I, that's not what I wanted to see. And and to me. From Harson, that just wasn't what I wanted to see. I, I could make a case for Prince Abu Dhabi if I wanted to include the horse, but at this point, I, I just I just can't. If I was going to use another, it would be the horse that I can't pronounce. It would be the five horse here. Uh, Phil so Phosphor Phosphorescence. Phosphorescence. Oh, I can actually pronounce that. I just didn't realize that's what it said. I would use Phosphorescence, the five here, because McCarthy shipping this horse in is really interesting to me. Yes, the time wasn't great. Two back of the six and a half for a long race. Yes, I realized that that last race didn't exactly come out with a bunch of uh, world beaters, 
But the fact that you've got two in here and you have a dead speed horse in the six makes me think that phosphorescence is going to sit from off the pace here. And if that is the case and McCarthy wants this horse up here, I think eight to one's a live price for getting Rispoli up. I had to look it up because I was like, this is a word I think I should know. Phosphorescence is a light emitted by a substance without combustion or perceptible heat. So maybe the light will shine without any heat if you play the five, especially in the Gold Rush tournament on also, Saturday. Uh, makes sense. It's a solid name for a horse by City of Light out of a creative dream, Dream Oasis mare as well. And it does work out. Uh, same uh, same owner, trainer. as uh, Wait, no. City of Light was owned by somebody different. But uh, Ron Bauer's owner and trainer, Andrew, the Warrens, and uh, Mike McCarthy. And, of course, McCarthy trained City of Light as well. All right, Mike. The penultimate leg of the pick five, uh, late pick five at Golden Gate Fields on Saturday, April 29th. The grade three San Francisco Mile Stakes. This is their uh, premium event, premium race of the entire year. You've got nine older males going a mile on the turf. Five invaders from Southern California. That's pretty common for this race to see a bunch of the uh, Southerners come up and try and beat up the Northern Brethren. Where'd you go on top? Well, I want to hear from you first because your favorite horse in the whole world is in this race, Balnikoff. <laughs> did you put Balnikoff on top? No, I did use Balnikoff. I went too deep, but I did use Balnikoff. Um, I, you know what? I, this was, uh, and considering there's mating claimers to finish this, uh, this was the hardest race for me. I went with class. I looked at this. I was like, I'm just going to play class and hope that none of the locals, no offense, are good enough to get the job done. Um, this horse, the last time out, struggled pretty mightily in the grade one Kilroy Mile, but it was a grade one race at Santa Anita. It was his first time versus older horses. So there are a couple of reasons you can be forgiving about not showing up. Uh, this horse, as you were alluding to, good enough to ship to Keeneland and win that grade three Brian Station Stakes during Breeders' Cup. Uh, I guess it was the week before Breeders' Cup uh, last fall. You, to your credit, you definitely liked that horse. It was You were ahead of the D'Amato can actually ship to the Keeneland and win curve uh, with Balnikov there. So, uh, yeah, I did use Balnikov in here. Um, the, to me, it was the class and the fact that this horse was good enough to go to Keeneland and win that race. Uh, plus, you know, Reese Bleed D'Amato. Overall, Reese Bleed, sometimes he struggles at Santa Anita. But he's on turf, especially for D'Amato. That's where you play Umberto Reese Bleed. Yeah, this was, a, this was an interesting race for me. I, I have Balnikoff on top. Um, and I wanted to spread in this race. I, I really did when I went through it. I wanted to try and, and find some prices that I liked because I don't like Dicey Mochara on the outside. I think this is a little bit too short for Dicey Mochara today. So for me, it was like, okay, if I, if I feel like I can comfortably throw out the, the the second favorite and i'm not in love with balnikoff and, and the price at nine to five makes it a little harder i started to like dig through this and like okay can i use the three is is rio king a horse that's usable and so i, I tried to make a case for using rio king uh i tried to make a case for the five to Soro. i couldn't really do it uh i tried to make a case for the seven couldn't quite get there I can make a case for the one, Tarantino. So I'm only going to go two deep here. I'm going to use uh, the two horse Balnikov at nine to five and the one horse Tarantino at 12 to one on the rail. It, to me, this is just one of those horses where at some point this horse is going to break through. And you go back and you look at some of the races that this horse ran. The grade three American ran into Hong Kong. Harry was only a length behind that day, breaking out of the seven post. Didn't get the best trip ever. Um, last race, though, for me is key because this horse didn't need the lead going longer and was able to close some ground and almost get the job done against cash equity beat flashiest two pretty good horses there, going a mile and an eighth at Santa Anita. Now we ship up here. We draw the inside post. We're going to be able to save ground. And I think this sets up for a horse that can sit close and then close into it. And to me, Tarantino is the most likely horse who's going to be able to do that. So I like the price here at 12 to one. 
I, I looked at the four and the six as well, the two likely speeds. I just can't with Bob and Jackie. I just can't. Like this horse doesn't. <laughs> you like hate that win. horse so much. <laughs> I like, look, the one win is in the San Gabriel. Fairly. That was a four horse field. And it was rained. Field. Yeah, it was rained off the turf onto dirt. <laughs> I mean, like, and, and yet this horse, uh, like, people try and make a case for it every time. Ben, oh, to be fair, the last seven races, this horse has been over its head. Like, those are all, even the last eight, if you want to talk about that $400,000 yeah. TVG race. Um, so you're getting a <laughs> class drop here in a lot of ways for, for Bob and Jackie. But then you see Lamplighter Jack is sitting out there who has one chance at winning this race, and that is hit the go button and see how far you can go. The two of them, to me, just just duel each other into submission. It's someone who comes and picks up the pieces. Yeah, I uh, Tarantino was my third horse. If I went three deep, that's where I would have gone. Um, you made all good points, and I think Tarantino's got kind of like the case I made uh, for the two uh, Harson last race. I think Tarantino is going to get the right setup. It's just a matter of if the horse is going to be good enough to hold off the two big horses coming behind him, which is the two Balnikov. The other one that I used, I chalked out. I went with the nine, Dicey Mochara. And you got there's concerns about Dicey Mochara, too, right? That at this point in his career, it seems like he's a great distance horse, right? He's a multiple grade two winner, mile and an eighth, mile and a quarter. We're going a mile here. So I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. But he did break his maiden going a mile on the turf. He was third in uh, by a half length in last year's All-American Stinks over the synthetic here. That is a mile long race as well. So I did use, I went two nine in here, but like I said, I'm playing class and hoping that that plays out. Uh, the one at 12 to one was very, very intriguing though. I almost pulled the trigger on the one. What, what are your thoughts at, uh, at, at Dred Van Dyke? One for 45 this year. Oh shoot. And I remember when he won because it was his first win in, uh, God, it was his first win in like three or four months too. The problem with Drayden is he got out of favor with the Bob Baffert barn, and once that happens, like if you're if you're committed to Bob Baffert, like you're riding like all of his horses, and you're you kind of lose a lot of your connections with other, especially with the derp trainers, right? So when he loses, it comes out of favor with Bob Baffert. He was just kind of sitting there. Then he went to Oakland at one point or Kentucky, and he was trying to make his name somewhere else, and it didn't work out. And then he came back, and it wasn't he wasn't doing as well. Uh, we saw Flavian Pratt deal with that too, right? He tried leaving, came back, and he's like, oh, it's kind of hard to get all the great mounts anymore. I I don't think he's a bad rider. I just think that his biggest issue is he hasn't been getting good horses for a long time. So I like that he's going to pick up this horse. You know, Juan Hernandez is the runaway leader every uh, you know, meet right now at Santa Anita. He was on this horse his last three starts. So that tells me that this horse is extremely talented. Even if you don't like Drayden Van Dyke, I think that Drayden is a good enough rider he a good enough rider to be able to fill in the gap there for Juan Hernandez. Yeah, he's ridden the horse three times, uh, second and two fifths, all in graded stakes. So he, he, at least he has some experience with him as well. I just wanted to take on Andreden Van Dyke because I know some people absolutely hate him. Sounds like he's now won twice. Uh, so we've got that uh, that second one, second W in the books. We got to talk about the eight Flavius, who we talked about on this show. I don't know a million and a half years ago. I, I can't even remember when this horse was in the Chad Brown barn, but uh, it was one of those horses that just kind of kept popping up every single time in the Chad Brown barn. And you look at the running lines; just really interesting. Takes a long layoff. Uh, from November of 2021 to January, comes back in the Pegasus World Cup Turf Invitational, does absolutely nothing, takes another couple months off, shows up in the Kilroy Mile, does absolutely nothing. It's been, what, a year and I think it was 420 days. days. Yeah, 420-day layoff here. A year and two months, essentially, three months almost. I don't know how you can bet him at 5-1. to one. Yeah, I hated this horse. Every single time he's been, uh, we've covered almost every single one of his 
freaking races since uh, we started doing the Magic Mike show too. And I hated him every single time. The one time I was wrong was that stupid Saratoga race that he managed to go gate to wire with stupid dawdling fractions and still somehow uh, got the win. And that was what? The lure stakes. That was restricted. He had to go down to face people who'd never won stakes races before just to get that stakes win. No, I I don't understand why he's here. Like, other than the fact that Abandanza probably paid a lot of money to Judmont to buy him off of him at the end of 2021. It doesn't make any sense. I, to his, if you want to play him, you've got to love that Evan Roman is picking up the mount here, right? The top jockey on the whole Northern California circuit is picking up the mount. The one time he's ridden for Papa Pedramo in the last year, they got a win together. So that's going for him. But, man, 5-1, to one, you're right. He's, and he's going to take money because of the company that he's kept. But he's just... I, I will say this, too. The other positive for him. I, I went to, to DRF, and one of the nice features about DRF, you can see every workout a horse has ever had. So I pulled up every single workout that this horse has ever had, and it's it's quite a few. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight bullets from 2019 to 2021. Four of his last five of this trainer have been bullets. So he is working better than he literally ever has in his career. So if you want to make a case for why Flavius can win, that would be the case I feel like you can make. The other issue is how does what, what's the trip? Does Flavius want the lead? Does Flavius want to sit right off it? If you're training this well, does that mean you're going? Like, I'm not sure how you kind of manage that prop that that part of it either. The way that this horse stays together uh, with all of his injuries <laughs> in the last couple of years, uh, this is probably a good prep for five months from now when Kentucky Downs opens back up. He did win at Kentucky Downs uh, in 2020, uh, and he beat Snapper Sinclair. That's the only time Snapper Sinclair has ever lost in his life at Kentucky Downs. So. Got that going for him. Yeah, just I can't touch him. I'm with you. It's a horse that I've hated every single time. I'm going to continue to hate on him. Um, and if he knocks me out of this pick five at Golden Gate Fields, the hate will just be as hard as it's ever been. <laughs> Any interest in either Tesoro or the three horse Rio King at a price? Tesoro, not really. The three is not terrible. Rio King, he's got three straight wins. It was all on synthetic, but you know, something about the horse kind of being hot. Uh, and the, the fact that the trainer is, is doing well with the horse. By the way, uh, this was a horse that I did take a little bit of a look at because uh, you, if you're looking at the PPs, you see you know he broke his maiden on turf and then did five straight synthetic races. Golden Gate Fields shuts down their turf course for half the year. So Golden Gate shut it down after he broke his maiden. He hasn't been able to get back on turf since then. And oh, by the way, like I said, since then he's got three straight wins. 12-1, to 1, I think this is a great chance to use him. Uh, the pace seems to set up for him to come from off the pace. I just... If I'm picking a horse to come from off the pace, it's the two, it's the nine, it's I the three's probably going to be behind him, and maybe he can get third. Yeah, I, I just I thought it's interesting to bring this one up. Started out in the Chad Brown barn, also kind of interesting, and then was in the Sisterson <laughs> barn before being claimed from Calumet Farm. So there, there, there was uh, this horse was highly thought of early on in the career, and and seems to have turned a corner specifically those last three races over synthetic. So at Rio King at twelve to one, not a horse I would completely rule out. Uh, and it was even at Golden Gate Fields when he got claimed uh, from Sisterson's barn there. After the, after the uh, I think at the end of the Del Mar meet, Sisterson's like, I don't want to bring this horse back to Kentucky. Send him up to Golden Gate Fields, see if somebody will buy him for $20,000. Uh, pretty good buy for the owner's Hunter Town Farm so far for him uh, with Worked those out. two straight wins. <laughs> All right, Mike, last race of the day. Oh, boy, the fifth and final leg. Late pick five at Golden Gate Field, Saturday, April 29th. It's the not a stakes. It's nine maiden three-year-old fillies going five and a half furlongs on the synthetic in for $8,000 tags. Oh, 
Oh, oh boy, this is a fun one. Where'd you go on top? <laughs> Give me the rail horse. Rousing star, eight to one here. Steve Speck, trainee, uh, second time in maiden starts, 27% $1.60 ROI. When you combine Alvarado and Speck, they're 27% $1.87 ROI. Uh, the horse got bet in its debut. Broke from the rail, broke slowly, was never a factor in the race. Went back and watched the replay. It wasn't great, not going to lie. No. <laughs> uh, but now we're getting second start here. It feels like this. there's much more talent in this horse than what we saw the first time out. The fact that we switched from a jockey the barn doesn't use very often to the top jockey the barn uses, tell me they believe that this horse has a shot in this race. I think the 8-1 to price is nice in here. And let me tell you, uh, I'm glad they're not going six furlongs because five and a half, we might have stumble bunnies here. So I'm, I don't think it's going to take very much to knock this field off. And I think the one horse rousing star is going to take a nice step forward. So I'll take a little bit of a price eight to one on top. I went four deep. This is the one of four I'll use. And you can make a case for and several cases against all nine of these horses. So uh, wherever we have disagreement, I'm not going to knock you for it. Um, I will, yes, Angie there, trainer Steve Speck, 21% at Golden Gate Fields, 26% with Frank Alvarado in the irons. So a little bit of a boost up when he puts Alvarado into the saddle there. Uh, top pick for me, I went with just one outside there, number two, Sue Generous at three to one. Last time out, almost got the job done. I think we finally found the right fit for this horse, right? Got second by a length and a half. First time racing at this level. Started the career down south at San Diego and Del Mar. Four starts, none of them worth anything to talk about. Came up here for a 20K maiden claimer level. Didn't do that well. 12 5K maiden claimer level. Okay, a little bit better. We're getting closer. Now we're at the 8K level. We can't really go too much farther than this uh, without having to ship to like Puerto Rico or something like that, or maybe Fauner Park. So um, Sue Generous is my top pick here. Quinn Howie and Rivera, not too bad together. Um, Boy, three to one, whatever. Sure, that's fine. I, odds don't matter to me. I don't care how chalky my ticket ends up looking in this last race. I just want to get the winner. Yeah, I, I use this horse. Um, not one that I love giving another chance to, but it, it, to me, the improvement the last three races have been noticeable. Um, and so if you if you look at that and, and you say, okay, this is an upward trend, this is a terrible race, I, I think it makes sense to play the horse. I'm worried this horse gets bet down too hard because if this horse gets under two to one, I have absolutely no interest in Sue Generous. I'm, I'm afraid that that's where we're going to end up here because there is just not a lot to like on paper. Um, and so the, the general public is going to, to, I think, go to this two horse pretty aggressively here. Uh, second on the ticket for me was a seven Fresno Chili. Came out of the same race as the two last time, but just an awful break if you go back and you watch yep. it the horse didn't really start very well was able to make a move second time out uh it was a small barn two for 28 on the year all of them here at golden gate only one second time maiden starter in a long time in the last five years that horse won at 23 to 1 uh so yeah i'll take a little bit of a shot i also think it's interesting that uh both winners for uh monty meyer the trainer in the last two years or the last year at this track have been with herrera the jockey who is now up for this one riding this horse back so i'll take a little bit of a shot i think the seven breaks better and has a chance of pulling off the upset at six to one uh, as my second horse on did you use the seven i didn't uh one two was our agreement and then the other two horses we disagreed on but it's i did the consider uh the fact that the horse you know the same case we made for the one right about breaking poorly and then not really having any kind of run uh, you could go that angle here with the seven as well. Um, next up for me, I went just again to the outside there. Uh, number eight, Dane Hill Song at five to two. Big class relief for this horse. Uh, first time we're going to be starting uh, for the Andy Mathis barn. First time we're leaving Santa Anita in Southern California. First two career starts. Actually, all three starts down in Santa Anita. Not worth really talking about. Um, didn't do very well, but it was the first two were against Maiden Allowance. And then last time out was Maiden K. Uh, 
20k maiden claimers on the dirt there if we come up here we've got super solid local connections andy mathis and jockey armando ayuso 32 percent winners 64 percent in the money um I just got to hope that it's the connections that in that huge class drop because also 20k maiden claimers at Golden Gate, not the same as 20k maiden claimers down at Santa Anita. So um, also in that race, by the way, was facing older horses as well. It was a it was a maidens three to age five in that race. Now back to facing straight three year olds. So hoping all of these things kind of connect, but I've got to really hope that to take five to two on this horse, Mike. Yeah, that's why I couldn't I couldn't play this horse as a favorite. <laughs> I just I couldn't do it. I, they're, they're, there's speed and fade and then there's speed and stop and this was more speed and stop than speed and fade um and it's been in pretty much every start even when we're not able to get to the front now i, I do think the eight probably makes the lead here um which should improve dane hill's song quite a bit in that sense getting the class drop as you mentioned coming up from from southern california all positives here for for dane hill's song but I, I can't at five to two. I just I just couldn't in this race. <laughs> I, if this horse beats me, this horse beats me. That's fine. Uh, I went with the nine horse Hasser's Hope as my fourth in here. Steve Sherman on the outside getting a first time starter ready to go. He's 10 percent, so not terrible with first time starters. Uh, this is the known versus unknown. I know how bad the one through eight are. I don't know how bad the nine is yet. So I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll take a shot at 12 to one with the only first time starter in the field that I thought I had a shot. Yeah, I thought about this horse as well for all those reasons. Eh, maybe we'll see what happens. <laughs> didn't, yeah, I mean, didn't there's use, not a, like but... a great logical argument for this horse. Like, oh, look at these workouts, or you know, this, the pattern is really setting up. No, it's eight of these horses are bad. Actually, I shouldn't say that. The threes never start. Seven of the eight horses are bad. There are two wild cards. I like one of the two wild cards more than the other. I'll go ahead and use that horse at twelve to one. I mean, the, yeah, and the, the three is, is the longest shot on the board. It, uh, actually, these are the two longest shots are the unknowns. But I would say of the two unknowns, definitely go with the nine. The three, uh, the fact that we're putting 20 to one on this when we've seen what all those other horses can or can't do. And they still went, you know what? We're going to make a 20 to one morning line on the three. Uh, scares me off of that. The trainer stats are very low uh, percentage. So I think that that's a big game as well. Whereas with Steve Sherman, um, you know, he is 18% overall at Golden Gate. And the one time that Herrera was in the saddle for uh, him, uh, got the win. So you've got that angle going for you as well. Uh, yeah, we're, we both agree on the one, two. It's funny. I went, uh, I went one, two, four. Wait, what did I do? I already forgot. One, two. I didn't talk about my last one. That's why I was like, wait, I said four, but I forgot to talk about the number four. What was then is now, which I admit the first time I saw this, I thought the name was what was in the snow. And I thought that was a really funny name. Ah. What was then is now. I guess it's fine. Uh, another horse getting a little yellow. bit of a class. But, well, and it's the yellow saddle cloth. I was like, I think maybe that's where my brain went there. Uh, slight class drop for this horse. Quit halfway through the race on debut. 12-5K maiden claimers. Uh, the third place horse from that race uh, returned to finish third in a local mile-long turf race. Uh, step up at the 20K maiden claiming level and ran a pretty good third in that spot. So I was trying to find any kind of angle on any of these horses to use. I went, you know what? That horse had somebody finish ahead of him, ahead of her, and that horse, you know, stepped up in class and still ran okay. Uh, it was a runaway Jonathan Wong winner in that spot, so it wasn't catching him. So that's why I went with a four. But again, you could pretty much just throw a dart. As I think it was Dennis that said, I'm picking this race going eeny, meeny, miny, mo. So, yeah, he got that one as well. Well, I mean, if you want to make a I, – I could – compound on your case with the four even though i didn't use the horse i mean they went 21 and four that race they were cooking this horse broke from the rail first time starters from the rail generally not a wonderful spot i, I was only two lengths back of that 21 and four so we'll call that 22 and one no one else in this field can go 22 and one i, I mean why couldn't the four make the lead and then just see if, if what happens here if we can get brave going five and a half so I, I i don't hate the idea of using the four especially a 10 to one 
the uh the, the winner of that race was uh, another jonathan wong horse uh, i think got disqualified um or no the winner barbara was disqualified but uh the, those top two were clear of the rest of the field it's kind of strung out as well so oh boy yeah we made it through that race that's all we can say about it <laughs> that, that's going to do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining us to talk about Golden Gate Fields on Saturday, April 29th. A reminder that late pick five has a guaranteed pool on Saturday of $150,000. And the pick four pool Saturday guaranteed $200,000 in the pool. Uh, go support Golden Gate Fields, one of the smaller tracks. They need your support. They'd love to have it. Matt Dinnerman, like I said, is, is one of my favorite race callers in the nation. If you're going to play Golden Gate Fields and you don't feel super confident about it, even after listening to us, we sounded super confident for four of those races there, Mike. Uh, you can go listen to Matt Dinnerman with the pre-race simulcast show. He'll give you all you need to know. Uh, but for our visual, or sorry, for our audio listeners and for people on YouTube, it's down below. Here's our tickets one last time. I'll start. I'm going to go 3-7 with 2-4-6 with 2-3-8 with 2-9 with 1-2-4-8. $72 for me, Mr. Samich. I'm going to go 2-3-5-7 with 2-4-6 with 8. With one two, with one two seven nine, forty eight bucks for fifty cents. Uh, reminder: There's also the Gold Rush Tournament on Saturday, covering all twelve races at Golden Gate Fields on Saturday. So if you're going to be part of that, uh, good luck to you. And I especially mean that because you're facing Mike Samich, Dr. Tang, and Nick Sievers. Nick Sievers is going to be there as well, and he will be there uh, on track. So if you are able to. Uh, go check out, go say hi to Nick Sievers. He's a friendly guy. He's been on the show, uh, or he's been on the channel. I don't know. I can't remember, Nick, which shows you've appeared on before. Uh, I know you joined me for a live show once. We did talk about that. We were about to go live, and I said to Mike, I said, I bet you they're still going to be going when we're done. I said that thinking we would be quick, like 40 minutes, because I didn't think we'd have anybody, and we've got 28 of you watching live now, which is fantastic. But, yeah, I know they're still going. It, it, it's funny because after the show, we talked, after Dudes Who Bet Daily this morning, I'm like, I'll set the over under two and a half hours. And Aaron's like, oh, it's going way under. No way we're going that long. And here we are three hours in. They are still cruising. We've already covered the pick six or pick five. Talked about the NFL draft. <laughs> talked about some tournaments. We're cooking, baby. It's awesome. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate it, uh, especially if you're catching us on replay. Uh, Mike and I will be back on Monday, with uh, Monday, May 1st. We will be part of the Kentucky Derby post-draw reaction show. Yeah, they had hard stops. That's the two people who had hard stops are the two that don't ever shut up. Oh, yeah, we do need to talk about this because it's been on every single... We're the fourth show that's live today. We need to talk about this. Are we the third or fourth if we end early, though? That's a good question. Just saying. <laughs> Throwing out there. All right, Magic, boxers or briefs? Uh, option C. I'm a boxer briefs guy, actually. I would consider, those are briefs, right? Boxer briefs or briefs? They're briefs. long like boxers, but they have the hammer on the leg like briefs do. But they don't, they don't make you feel like you're all scrunched up under there. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm briefs slash boxer briefs. I, I don't know anyone who's not in high school who wears boxers anymore. <laughs> Uh, what is Aaron? I already forgot what Aaron had said. He was a uh, uh, dude who bet uh, sports. The one he did with Papa Dude. That one went way off the rails. Um, talking yeah, about what people wear when they're making breakfast in the morning. But I, yeah, if I, that's all we got. Then hopefully you don't wear what you eat for breakfast in the morning. It that's was your good. fault, Rob. I wondered. Uh, I, I, it was so long ago when it happened. I forgot. Uh, as for the race, if we did a piggyback race between the two shows, I think the distance would matter greatly. Yes, <laughs> I, I think that well, they got a bug boy. Whoever's whoever's riding them is, is that's a bug boy situation versus what we've got going on. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I have a... F- Let's just put it this way. If we played a, a smattering of sports, we would be the minus 1,000 favorite to beat them at whatever those sports were. If it was like basketball, and then we played tennis, and then we played beach volleyball, and then we played... Like, we would, we would be they could minus- get us in golf. I am a terrible... I am a terrible partner in golf. If and we they play both play three years. Them both. <laughs> okay. I'm not, I'm not, if we play, if we just play best score on each hole, I can beat them. I can beat them both at golf. I'm not even worried about that one. We'll do what's the best ball. I'm actually pretty good with best ball because my mid range is great. Like I can keep it on the green. I can put you in a great spot. It's, it's the putting and it's, I cannot drive to say, I can't drive a golf ball to save my life. I, yeah, it's my big, greatest shame. If we did a scramble, we would destroy them. Because I have a random spray shot every now and then, but other than that, I'm, I'm pretty good at golf. And so as long as you don't spray it, when I randomly spray it, we'll be fine. Uh, I would get, you know what? I'm also a great drinking partner on the golf course. Um, I'll bring the cigars. I'm a great person to have along as long as you're not relying on me to really help you win anything. Like I'm a great compatriot on the golf course otherwise. I mean, we've also seen Aaron and Jared play football. So I have a feeling we got them on the athletic side. And that was before they were drinking heavily. And that once once we get to a, by the time we round the back nine, I'll have Aaron like uh, I'll have him three sheets to the wind. I'm sure that, of it. that is the other key part of this. We can drink way more than they can. So at some <laughs> point, we would just get them under the table and just dominate them in the sports world. Although the uh, the true leader for drinking champions for the racing dudes team, it's none of us. It's Dr. Miranda. She uh, she she drinks everybody under the table before she's well under there herself. So <laughs> I don't know why I looked under. She's not here it's under my table. I don't know why I did that. But she won't shoot whiskey. I tried. She said no. Oh. Yeah. Lame. All right. Well, what wasn't lame was everybody, all 28 of you who joined us today. We really appreciate it. Uh, If you haven't yet, hit like on the video. Subscribe to YouTube.com slash Racing Dudes. Next week is Kentucky Derby post draw on Monday, and then every single day leading up to and through the Derby, we will be live on this channel. So make sure you hit the alert button so that you get notified whenever we do go live. Uh, Dudes Who Bet Daily will take a break next week in favor of a daily Kentucky Derby show. So make sure you join us for that. Tons of updates. Uh, Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellard. He is at SummerBomb18, number one, number eight. Corporate overlords who are still talking, or actually I should say, they're still listening over to John White's uh, talk. Uh, uh, Check out Blinkers Off later. They're at racing underscore dudes until Monday for the post draw. Or if you join us for dudes who bet daily Friday, Saturday, Sunday at noon, Eastern nine Pacific, I'm magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck to everybody playing the gold rush this weekend. The magic Mike show. Where you hear the experts speak. The magic Mike show. Tune into the show every week. The magic Mike show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by racing dudes.com.